Father God, that is just a truth that if we will take the time to just take a look at you, that's where we want to go this morning. We want, we want to take a look at you. We, we want to look into your face and let you take a look in reflection and look into our face and our hearts. We yield to you and to your spirit this morning. What is it that you want to say to somebody who may not know Christ? Maybe they think they do like I thought I did, but to truly know and to truly make sure that you have their heart. And maybe for those of us here today, we're, we're just we're doing a, a spiritual health check in our heart. We give you permission to speak to us. Lay your finger on one thing that is you want us to deal with so we can be more like you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. At the top of your notes, as you know by now, the set of notes you have there, pull out your smartphone. I checked it out today just to make sure your smartphone, go to the Bible app, and all of the notes are on there also, whichever way you want to follow it on. I have, why do we look into the mirror? And I had this, I don't know, psychological thought, or maybe it was a psycho thought. I wonder how many people look in the mirror to ask themselves they're looking to see how good looking they are versus all of those people who look into the mirror to figure out how ugly they are. I was at the gym the other day. I know why all of those people, including myself, must have been looking into the mirror to figure, man, I got to get out to the gym. And when you look into the mirror, do you look and say, wow, what a nice body I have? Or do you look and say, man, do I need some help with the flab? When you look into the mirror, which side of it is that you're looking into? And in your notes, I have the phrase, why do we look into a mirror? And you ask yourself the question, I ask myself the question, you already know this. Our Bible is our mirror. When we look into the Scriptures, and when I read something in the Scriptures, and I read it talks about how I'm supposed to act or behave, I will figure out the reflection of am I behaving that way. I look to see, is there sin in my life? Is there a place that I've fallen short of? What kind of shape am I in spiritually? And that's what I'd like to do with us today. Look into the mirror, ask ourselves the question, Lord, how does my heart look? Now, the nice thing about going to heaven is it don't matter if you're ugly or good looking, you can still go. It don't matter if your body fat is zero or your body fat is 50. You can still, it might be a little harder, but you can still get up into heaven in a little trouble during the rapture, possibly. Number one in your notes, could you turn to Proverbs, the fourth chapter? I have a few of the verses there, but you need, you need the entire chapter there because it didn't have enough room for everything there. I just wanted to get you kick-started. Got a few, a few verses there for you. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, Solomon is talking to his son, laying down a foundation and as the writers of the scriptures often write, they write in as if they were speaking from God's perspective. And what he teaches to his son, God teaches to you and me all through every book of the Bible, almost every book of the Bible. So number one, would you fill this in with me? Here's your first fill in the blank for those of you. If you miss a blank, you feel like, oh gosh, I missed something. Here it is, number one, on guard. Right in your notes, on guard. You know what it means? Somebody picks up a fencing sword and they get ready to say on guard, which means defend yourself, protect yourself. Take a look at verse 20 with me, my son. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. 
Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life and those who find them and health to the one's whole body. Now, here's a statement I want to make to you in verse 23. How many of you know that if you head to the back today, you can probably get a bagel? There's some donuts, there's some cake, have some cake. But they have plain bagels, they have onion bagels, they have garlic bagels, cheese bagels, and they have an everything bagel. How many of you know that? Look in your notes. I want to point out to you that you have an everything heart. You have an everything heart. Look at verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart. That's where we get on guard. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows. You have an everything heart. And the definition of the word heart here, I looked it up in the original language, is the inclination, the resolution, the determination of my will. And if I understand it correctly, and I may or may not, everything about my heart is my determination and is controlled by my freedom of choice, my free will. Call it what you want. You have the ability to choose. You have that inclination. You have that heart. The passage of Scripture says, turn your ears to my words. I mean, do I respond when I hear something? You remember Jesus' biggest difficulty sometimes with some of his followers where you have ears, but you don't hear. You know, it's like telling the kid, pick up your socks, pick up your clothes, pick it up, pick it up. And they hear, 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 but they never obey, which is exactly what Jesus is trying. Solomon says to his son, Jesus says to you and me, hey, you have ears. Turn your ear towards me. Make sure you hear it. And are you putting it into practice? That's how you know if you're hearing the word of God. I know Sunday morning sometimes it's blah, 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 blah. The passage goes on to say, you know, don't let my words out of your sight. Do I do anything with my daily devotional? How many of you get a daily devotional on your phone? What was today's? Anybody know? Psalm 139, you know, about the heart. The heart. How does that happen? Well, whoever does the Bible app found out we were talking about the heart, and they made sure that their verse lined up with the, our passage of Scripture today. Not, not, right? The heart. Guarded. Don't let it out of your sight. My daughter Elizabeth puts a reminder on her phone two or three times a day to look back to what she read in the morning. You all can do the same thing. My question is, is it, it says, don't let it out of your sight. Do I just have a daily devotion at time and then just forget it the rest of the day? Or do you do something to make sure, mm, I'm going to keep that with me? Keep them uh, within your heart. And that is because there's competing entities vying for my heart and your heart. There's competing entities. They, they, they want to determine what it is I'm going to do. So the passage of Scripture says, make sure you guard your heart. There's competing entities. There's going to be the tug of self and selfishness. And when you know what the Word of God says, will you heed it? Will you hear it? Will you see it? Will you do it? Then there's competing in my heart for the fun side of sin and the craftiness of pleasure. Somebody told me this one time. I've never forgot it. There's a gravitational pull. Inside every person, every Christian, there's this gravitational pull to lean back towards self. It's not something you need to work into. It's the guarding and the purpose of my heart that I have to stay true to. There's this gravitational pull trying to pull us away. And if you think about it, there are several things that are very important to you that you guard. You know, if you have a brand new child, right, Mike? You got a brand new child. You're eventually going to put 
locks and guards on everything so it doesn't get into anything. At our house, our kids are all now out of the house. I still have guards on some of the, some of the little self-locking things where they can't open the doors. But you're going to safe your, proof your house so your child doesn't get into trouble. You're guarding your child. Maybe you got a brand new puppy. New puppy. Before it's trained, before no, you're going to put it on a leash, you're going to watch out so it doesn't run into the street and become roadkill. You own a business. And you're always thinking. You're guarding the bottom line. You want to make sure that the employees are happy most of the time. You want to make sure you're taking care of the customers. You're guarding it. And so the passage of Scripture draws a picture. Guard your heart, just like whatever it is that's important to you. Guard your heart. God's word must not only be heard and seen, it must be guarded in my heart. If we don't recognize the need to guard the heart, we lose the promise that's made in verse 22. The word is there, and for those who listen to it, it brings life to those who find it. And it brings health to one's whole body. Do you need eternal life today, or do you just need a little bit of health in your spiritual life. Number two, I put the words speak freely in this uh, verse here in verse 24. You know, lots of times when it comes to the mouth, we got to go from the negative side. I got to know what to stop saying. I got to watch this. Gotta, and I get that because the scripture tells us to guard it. But look at verse 24. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And as I read that, I had a sense that the Lord was saying, Evan, if a Christian would guard their mouth, their mouth would be free. I know we're always trying to think, going from the opposite. It's like, you guard your mouth from these things, guard your heart from what perversity and corrupt talk, and then I can speak freely on what should be coming out of my mouth. Led by the Spirit, led by the Lord Jesus Christ. But oftentimes, here's what I find. I find that, you know, somebody tells this joke, and it's really a good joke, but it's not really appropriate, and it's just too good to not share. You all right? You know, sometimes, you know, sarcasm, I, I know what that's about. You know, sarcasm comes out sometimes, and it's cutting somebody down, and it's making fun of somebody, whatever it might be, and I, I get there's a side of that, but then it's almost like, you know, we make this really, you know, uh, I'm really quick-witted, aren't I? Or somebody says, man, man, you're quick. Angry words come out of my mouth, and we say, yeah, God understands that. Corrupt words come out about my enemy. And, of course, they're my enemy. What would you expect me to say, something good about them? Well, actually, the Scripture and Jesus does exactly say that. It gives us guidance and direction. When we realize everything we do flows from the heart, all of these words are really what I've stored up in my heart. It's what's come out of my heart because you have an everything heart. I have an everything heart. Everything we do and everything that comes out of my mouth is the same. The other day, I spilled half a cup of coffee. I grabbed a rag from the kitchen, soaked it all up, went over to the kitchen and squeezed and lemonade came out. Now, you know that's not true. I squeezed it, and coffee came right out of the thing. And if you lived in this world long enough, you know and understand, though you may be a follower of Jesus Christ, the world's going to squeeze you. The world's going to give you a hard time. 
somebody you know, some situation, you're going to get squeezed. And the only thing is, is what's inside of me is going to come out. You say, man, can, can good come out of me when somebody treats me so rotten? Of course it can. What is in my heart comes out of me when I am squeezed. What comes out of my mouth? Wouldn't it be nice to have a mouth that speaks from a good heart? It speaks freely because it's guarded and protected against perversion and corruption. Most of the time when it comes to the mouth, we think about keeping it shut. I think this verse says, I can show you how to set your mouth free. This passage of scripture says, hey, make sure you're on guard. Guard your heart. Number two, speak freely. Watch what, let your heart be guarded. Keep away from these things, then speak freely. And then number three, wear your blinders. Not your bloomers, your blinders. Wear your blinders. If you know anything about a horse, take a look the next time. Horses have their eyes on the sides. Their peripheral vision is good, and they have this tendency to wander off the path. That's why if you watch a horse race, Kentucky Deer, whatever it is, they don't want them looking side to side. They want them looking straight ahead. And that's the purpose of a set of blinders. Verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. In other words, Evan, got to have some blinders on. Eyes can see a lot of different things. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your, look at the word, gaze directly before you. Directly straight ahead, stay on the holiness road, stay on the right road. People can run off course. We're distracted easily. A horse has to have somebody put blinders on them. The only person that can put blinders on us is us. To choose. To see what the passage of Scripture says and teaches and make the decision. I'm going to guard my eyes. I'm going to look straight ahead. Isn't it amazing how our eyes can see something and we want it? Right? I got a nice car, I've been driving it a while, I see the new version comes out. Man, I like that car. I like that grill, it's got some options I don't have, and I start thinking, my car's a little bit old. Yeah, it's, got a, it's got some nicks and some dents and scratches in it. I, my eyes are just like, hmm, I could use a new car. You're watching TV and you're not hungry. You're totally satisfied. Domino's Pizza comes on and orders, and, and all of a sudden you're thinking, hey, I know Domino's phone number by heart, 428-5000. Check it out. All of a sudden, you want a pizza. You know, what our eyes see is what, no wonder he tells us to watch for Hey, folks, how about nudity? Watching something, not expecting it, bammo, nudity comes on. You're like, whoa, just like, I better watch that again just to make sure so I can warn other people about it. And I know, I made fun of it a little bit so we could be serious about it. What our eyes see, it is amazing what it is that takes us to us. You know, the, some people, they don't ever open, I know, they don't open the shopping and the sales flyers because they know of the temptation. They don't want their eyes to see it. Wear the blinders that the scripture tells us. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Make a decision. Two things. Why don't you identify what your eyes often tend to stray towards? If you could identify one thing, what is it your eyes tend to uh, wander off towards? And number two, 
make sure you find a way, figure it out, put your blinders, guard your eyes, guard your heart from those things. Because when I was a kid, (laughs) I used to make my eyes go cross-eyed. I don't remember when it was I figured out, wow, I could could make my eyes go cross-eyed. You know, my friend, we look cross-eyed, see double of everything. And then one day, I don't know if mom and dad or whoever, they told us what what you know I'm going to say. They said, you know, if you keep doing that, your eyes are going to stay that way. And from my understanding, somebody had cut into somebody's eye socket and brains and found out there's a rubber band in there. And eventually, if it snaps, your eyes are going to stay that way. And I believe that if our eyes continue to look at some things, that we shouldn't be looking at, they'll stay that way. The cross-eyed thing, that's, that's a myth. But our eyes, they tend towards what it is that we want. They take us to places that we know we shouldn't go. Make sure that your eyes don't wander to a place they shouldn't continually be because maybe something will snap. And you just have to have it. The more we let our eyes wander into things we shouldn't, the more they... We, we just want to just stay that way. Verse 22 is just such a good word to you and I that God's word, it brings us life to those who find it. And it brings health to one's entire or whole body, the word of God, to your body, soul, and spirit. The righteous heart, it wears blinders on its eyes. They know They know, they've learned from what has dragged them down into a place they shouldn't be. Number four, think before you step. Think before you step. Verse uh, 26, give careful thought. It doesn't say just think about it. It uses this adjective, give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. One of the reasons that every Christian understands that the passage of Scripture says, study to show yourself approved, is because the only way for you and I to gain careful thought and understanding, one of the ways, not only church, it's, church is, it's to be in Bible study. To be in Bible study. To be with others that are thinking through. Others that are gifted. Others that have the gift of teaching. So that you get it. And I want to invite everybody here Wednesday night. Six o'clock, come out for a meal. Five bucks. Everybody here, come on out to Bible study. Pastor Dale's going to be teaching 1 Corinthians 8. Pastor Dale, is that right? 1 Corinthians 8 this week. You're invited. You can't have careful thought if all you have on the opinion of the Scriptures is your own. Give careful thought to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. The word path here in this verse refers to the spiritual path that's laid out for us in Scripture. That's why we stay in the scriptures. We're told to use our minds. And sometimes our feet take us somewhere where we shouldn't have gone. All right. Your feet took you someplace you shouldn't have went. The question is, is what are you going to do after that? What are you going to do next? You know, now that you've gone somewhere, you know, I know people, you know people, they, they get into a situation, there's alcohol there, and the first time it's like, Wow. I really like this. I like it a lot. I drink it. They drink, and they think, man, they shouldn't go back to it. But mm, the Bible doesn't really say anything about it. So let me just keep going there. All right? The, the, the Spirit of God is speaking to our heart. Maybe it's tobacco. Maybe it's something else. Have your feet taken you somewhere and you've begun to make an excuse? And it's not healthy spiritually. 
Maybe you don't even realize it's hindering you. I know what it's like to be doing this for 27 years, have people just hear, 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 and not respond. I'm hoping that you will understand that if you care enough, that you will have a check on your heart so that you don't stay where you're at, so I don't stay where, where I'm at. What path do we keep traveling down that takes us farther and farther away from Christ and closer and closer to um, separation and sin? I think verse 26 says, don't be stupid. Because if it says give careful thought and you don't give careful thought, it kind of makes you stupid, don't it? Maybe the book of Proverbs would say you were a fool. Think on this. The feet go where the heart allows. Therefore, guard your everything heart. Number five. That first step is a doozy. That first step is a doozy. You know it. Verse 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Verse 26 was plural. Feet. And now here it comes down here singular. I thought to myself, well, why is there a purpose that it is? And maybe I hit it, maybe I didn't. But I know this, if I take the correct first step, my other foot normally follows. And if not, I'll stumble and fall. Right? If my first step is towards sin, I'm very likely that my entire being will end up there. If my first step is towards avoidance, because there's not a person here today that won't face temptation. But understand, temptation's not sin. There's that tendency, and you in your mind, and near your will, and if you guard your heart, which is where that decision-making is, if I take the right first step, the rest of me is very likely to follow. Now, the word doozy, it isn't negative or positive. It just means, like, extraordinary, right? You got into a doozy of a debt, and it is it, your head is underwater, and you think, man, I got into this debt. It was a bad decision, and it's a doozy. Or you had a couple different opportunities for a job. You chose the right one. It was a doozy of a decision. You like working there. I think about somebody I know who works uh, at a, well, I won't say the name of the place, but he said to me he likes his job so much, he says, even if they fire or lay me off, I'm coming back. They're going to have to lock me out of here. Hey, that guy likes his job, man. That first step is a doozy. The most important step you and I take is the first one, right? It's the first step. And when we decide to guard our heart, we keep our foot from evil. You have an everything heart. Everything you do flows out of your heart. In your notes, I have eyes to see because, right, that's the thing that Jesus was constantly saying and trying to help us to see. It's one of those phrases that makes me challenge myself, say, am I doing anything about it? Or am I just hearing? That's the question today. Am I doing anything about it or am I just hearing? You know, I'm just, 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 uh, just see what's happening. I'm not really perceiving. Because while everybody here will be tempted, today I'm talking about a change of heart that changes my mouth. And the want to of my mouth. Today I'm talking about my eyes. And the want to of where I want to look. I'm talking about my feet. And the want to, that's where the heart is. Your feet can take you down to the lake and take you on a nice beach, a walk along the beach. Your feet take you where they're going to go. The question is, is are, they taking me and you, are they taking us somewhere we shouldn't go? The words of God are life to those who find it, eternal life. 
and health to one's whole body. Now, that would only make sense if we have an everything heart. And today, I believe the most hopeless people that are here today who are people who have a problem with their mouth, but they don't think they do. It's the person who has a problem with their mouth and somebody tried to say something to them and, eh. The most hopeless person here today is somebody's got a problem with their eyes, but they make excuses for what they look at. I'm only human. The most hopeless person here today is a person whose feet are taking them to a place they shouldn't go, and they're saying, you know, it's, it's my right. There's no hope for that person. There's only hope for the person who today will say, I want my heart to be right. I want to make sure that I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's something that Jesus Christ did inside of you when he gave your spirit that you just, you just don't want to play the fence. You just want to be all sold out. My concern for those who really don't care about what your heart is saying to you right now is, is will it take you to a place where you lose your eternity? Jesus, in uh, Luke 6, gives us the same kind of thinking, same kind of story from a different perspective. So if you and I could just take these verses and let them do a self-examination, it's a picture of two kinds of trees, and the question is, is what kind of tree are you? And the way is determined what kind of tree you are is, is, well, I'll show you here in just a second. Verse 43 of Luke, the sixth chapter, Jesus said, no good tree bears bad fruit. Common sense. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from a thorn bush. They don't get grapes out of a briar. Two different things. Two good things, two bad things. One prickly thing, one nice sweet thing. Grapes or or figs. Evil, good. And so he says, a good man. A good person, a good woman, a good person. They bring good things out of the good stored up in his heart. The everything heart, because everything flows from it. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, and the eyes see what the heart is full of, and the feet go where the heart is full of. And so the asterisk, pretty simple, central point of the challenge for us from the scriptures today is, am I a good or a bad tree? Am I bearing good fruit or bad fruit? You know, what's going on in my heart and my mind? I mean, you're here today and you're doing great. Awesome. You just need a little tweaking because we all always do, right? Isn't there something that you want to deal with today? Do you know when I was dealing with my mouth and some of my eyes, some other different things, do you know I went about this whole thing all wrong? I always would go towards the words in my mouth. I mean, focus on that. My eyes, where my eyes go. I'm thinking about that. And then I had a revelation. Exactly what the passage scripture says. Evan, you're focusing on the wrong organ. Lord, my prayer, Lord, rend my heart. Lord, do a work in my heart because everything's flowing out of here. Do the work right here, not here, not here. Right here. 
in where I'm making decisions. You can determine if you're a good or bad tree by checking the fruit. And the passage of Scripture says, if something comes out of my mouth, if something goes through my eyes, I end up somewhere, it's because of what I've stored up. Like a squirrel stores up its nuts for the, for the wintertime. What have you stored up in your heart? And how do you store it up? You know. You're in the Word. You're meditating. You're in Bible study. You're making sure you've got to remind you on your phone or whatever it is that you do so that you make sure that it's staying with you. Because when you sang the song, Here's My Heart, Oh God, you, you meant it. You meant it. So right at the bottom of your notes, I have ears to hear. Right? Eyes to see, ears to hear. We're going to actually hear. We're going to do something about it. Instead of having an altar call today, I have a week-long project for you. Monday through Friday. Five things in your notes. Here's what I want you to do every day. If, if you want to have your heart changed, let's not just spend a little bit, a couple minutes here. Let's take a week and let's ask Jesus to change your heart. Number one, read and pray through Matthew 12, 33 through 37. It's Matthew's version of the same story found in Luke 6. But you pray it personally. Number one for Monday. On Tuesday, worship to the song, Change My Heart, O God. YouTube it, get it on your phone. I listened to it on the way over here. Listen to it on the way to church this, uh, uh, at Lifeline this morning. Listen to it last night. Go to your computer, your tablet, whatever it is. Change my heart. Worship to it. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You are the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me and make me Lord. This is what I pray. Song that was playing when I was at Easter Region and I was called to the altar and called into ministry, that song. Change my heart, oh God. Number three is for Wednesday. Keep your notes with you. Review your notes. Take Maybe you took a couple different things removed from today. Number four is for Thursday. Examine what your mouth speaks, what your eyes see, and where your feet are taking you. Hey, what is the fruit? You will begin to see what's stored up in your heart. And then Friday, number five, focus on your heart. That is where everything else flows from. I'm sure you'll be doing it all, but focus on your heart. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I seeing more of Jesus or more of Evan? Just as Jesus is so faithful this morning, a lady came up to me and told me a story because I was there when she got saved and she was telling me the story about how uh, she gave me permission to tell this, but I'll just keep it anonymous. She was filling the bathtub because she was going to give the dog a wash. And uh, her husband took the dog out for a walk, and so she turned the water on the bathtub, and, you know, he had been gone a long time. As soon as he came back in with the dog, he's just like, oh, my gosh, the water in the bathtub. About that time, she says, start cutting through the ceiling, dripping down, leaking all over the place, crying, upset. And then she said to me, Evan, she says, 32 years ago, that would have been a tough thing. She says, several years ago, I would have ripped into my husband. But her heart had changed. She said, my husband was so good, his heart was changed, her heart was changed. They would have tore into each other like two cats, you know, know, just... But she says, he was so good to me. 
it's all right, everybody makes mistakes, you know? Jesus is faithful. The fact that I found that story out this morning, all praise to him. Do you have a place in your heart that you want God to change? Would you bow your heads with me today, Jesus? You are good. Will you take our heart? We give you permission to take our heart. Take our hearts. Whatever it is you've said to the eyes and to the, and to the, the feet and to the mouth of those who are here today, Lord, we give it over to you. Do a cleansing work in our heart. Let us take Monday through Friday to cleanse our heart. And man, we'll be a different person and we'll be a different church. Here's my heart, God. Do with it what you will. Help me take care of the end product. Help me store up nothing but what is good. Begin the work in my heart. For everything, Lord, flows out of my heart. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen.